Welcome to another episode of the My Creative District podcast, where we discuss how to channel your creative power into building the life you want, building the business you want, and making the impact you want. We believe creatives can live out a passionate and fulfilled life when they completely embrace their unique design and purpose. Want to turn your passion into profit? Stay tuned to hear from industry professionals, paradigm shifters, and world changers who have done just that and live it every day. This is the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. So we've talked about your highlights and entry into the industry. So let's talk about rock bottom. What happened that you're not still in it? In 2006, my parents needed to move to Malawi. They were getting ready to, to move overseas because they're missionaries. None of my siblings were available. They, two of them were in college, and my youngest brother was getting ready to move with them because he was still in middle school at the time. So I was really the only person that could kind of help them with their estate. So I told my agency that I was going to be leaving for three months. At the time, I was still struggling pretty, pretty much financially. Like it's expensive to live out in LA, and my jobs were spotty, and so I wasn't making a ton of money. And so I had just earned enough money, literally dancing on the street, and then also I would dance in front of the Man's Chinese Theater with with Legacy and some other guys, and we would hit. We call it hitting for money. And then I also was a server at a restaurant called Saddle Ranch. Between those two gigs, I, you know, earned enough money to basically fill up my car and, and leave to get home. But once I got home, my transmission in my car malfunctioned. Basically, it, it fell out of my car. And so I didn't have much money to get back there. I didn't have the money to, to fix my car. All these kinds of things were, were kind of set against me. And that's when I really started to go downhill. I had already started to kind of experience depression while I was out in LA. And with all the events that led me to leave and then having that kind of stuff happen, that's when I really started to encounter depression. About two months after I had gotten home, I was getting calls from people because they were starting to shoot the uh, Step Up 2 series. And I was getting calls from my friends that were like, dude, you should be here. You know, this is the movie that for us. And this was, you know, this was kind of like step up was cool, but like step up to really was what put those step up movies on the map. And it's really what started to shift dancers from being backup people to like being in the spotlight and being the stars themselves. So I really started to battle depression really bad and so bad. In fact, that I almost, uh, I almost committed to suicide in 2006. I almost jumped off a bridge. Somebody, somebody stopped me. And, uh, you know, I really spiraled out of, out of control for a while until somebody heard about my story, about me coming from a, from a town of 28,000 people and very little dance culture at all and being able to move out to California. And they asked me to come and share my story. And because of my performance experience and being very comfortable on stage and being in a minister's family and stuff, I preached numerous times, like speaking was something that I loved to do and I was good at it. And so I started sharing my story at these small, these small little workshops for, for high school kids that quickly started taking off and people started asking me to come to their schools. And so I started using 
dancing as a platform to be able to go around and, and speak at high school assemblies. And that's also what caught me to, um, that opened a door for me to work with a, an up and coming artist that was down in Nashville at the time. I choreographed a music video for him and he just so happened to be connected to a very big name in uh, the Christian music industry, Toby Mac. Toby Mac's nephew, Cole Wallowack, was coming up in this in this group called Capital Kings that hadn't really hit the scene yet. I met him and was listening to what he was doing with Lane's stuff and started talking to him about music. And all of a sudden, before I knew it, I was starting to work on my own music project. I worked on that music project for about two and a half years. Almost being done with the music project, Cole was starting to get super busy. He was getting on the road. He wasn't having a lot of time to mix and and master the track. So at about that time is when I found my record label and I signed with this record label that was a subdivision of Universal. We finished my album. I started touring with them. Of course, going all in there, things went really bad. They weren't paying me. I had brought in a ton of money for shows that they basically said that they absorbed because they needed to take all this money for branding and stuff that they were doing with with me. And and they promised me all these shows that they were going to pay me for. None of that ended up happening. And so I ended up almost going into bankruptcy. It was at that point where, again, I started to just, I, I, I took that as a sign. You know, Jesse, you, you tried in 2006. It didn't work. Now you're sitting here staring at the same wall. When are you going to realize that you're just not meant for this, man. And that was my interpretation of what was happening. And I got so frustrated and so hurt that I said, I'm, I'm done. I can't do this anymore. And I completely walked away from the industry. And that's when I really started doubling down on business. You walked away from the industry. So tell us what year that was and what was the first thing you doubled down on in business itself? In 2014 was when I walked away from all of this. I had a friend of mine that was very successful in the hearing healthcare industry and hearing aids, and he was taking over a failing franchise. I knew that I was going to need to earn some money. And he and I had met at a construction company that both he and I had worked for back in 2002, and we maintained friendship. I knew that he was already doing well in the hearing healthcare space, and so I called him and said, I don't know what to do, but I, I need some help. And so he came over and we had a conversation and that it was at that moment that I realized, okay, this is what we're going to do. I'm going to put away the, put away the music, Jesse, the creative Jesse, I'm going to start wearing a suit and tie and started to go into the hearing healthcare industry. And we crushed it. We took that franchise from $476,000 to $4.4 million in four years. We developed a sales process that was very unconventional, but very, very, very effective and started helping, not only helping a lot of people with their hearing, because we were also disrupting how people were fitting hearing aids and, and helping people actually hear with their hearing aids instead of wasting money on hearing aids that weren't helping them. And not only were we doing that, but we were helping people change their life with how much money they were making. We would have people that had never made over $30,000 in a single year starting to earn ten, fifteen thousand dollars a month. I mean, that was a blast. So you were working your way into sales, which you're obviously good at. You turned that into consulting. You were also working through John and Maxwell at this time. So that was about six years. How did you feel about what you were doing during that six year period? 
because I had this limiting belief, the crippling perception of what had happened in 2006, what had happened in 2014, I really believed that music wasn't something in the cards for me. It wasn't what I was supposed to do. Me being a, a, a man of faith, I just felt like it wasn't what God would, had in store for me. I knew that I was good at sales. I knew that I was good at talking to people. I knew that I loved helping people. So I just thought, well, this must be it. Like, this is what I'm going to do the rest of my life. Like the music, the dancing, sure, that's fun. And it's something that was, you know, a gift that I was given and a skill set that I was given, but it's just supposed to be for fun. I really thought that this was going to be what I was going to do. I put my entire heart and soul into it. But in about 2016, so from 2014 to 2016, didn't even have second guesses about walking away from the industry. And then in 2016, something started to rub. Something started to grind on me. And I couldn't really figure out what it was. At that time, Mike and I knew that we were going to move from building this hearing aid franchise to moving into a consulting more model because we knew we could help more people that way. We were looking for leadership content and mindset stuff to be able to help our teams with. And that's when we found the John Maxwell team. So from 2016 to 2018, every six months, we were going to these John Maxwell team conferences. We were going and we were trying to build this business, this consulting business, but this rub just kept happening and I couldn't figure out what it was. I couldn't put my finger on it. I was the guy that I, I'll sit and watch YouTube videos and I would sit and watch like stories from America's Got Talent or So You Think You Can Dance or Britain's Got Talent. Like I literally watch for hours because I love the stories of people thinking that it wasn't going to be for them. Like their story from going from failure or from, you know, small town, small town somewhere to never giving up. And now they're on this big stage. And I just, I would get emotional. Sometimes I'd cry because it was something that I wanted so desperately for me, but I felt like it was something that wasn't in the cards for me. So I had this going on in the back of my head. And all the while I'm going to these corporate clients and dressing in suits and buying these expensive suits, these tailored suits and never feeling like they quite fit. What I didn't realize is I was denying a piece of me that was actually meant for me to make an impact. 2018, something happened that changed my perspective forever. Every morning at the John Maxwell team conference, they set up they, they know they need to set up the day with a lot of energy. When they open the doors for the morning session, they always have this loud music pumping and they had this dance team. And really what it was, was a bunch of 40 to 50 year old people that love being on stage and don't care about making a fool of themselves, jumping around with pom-poms, getting everybody excited. And they would do these really, really basic hand movements and stuff like that, that weren't even really dance moves, but they would get people to move. In August of 2018, somebody had overheard me doing a Facebook live where I just kind of threw in the fact that I had danced for Justin Timberlake before. That person just happened to have enough influence to go to the president of the John Maxwell team at the time, Paul Martinelli, and said, listen, do you realize who we have in the room? Paul's like, no. Do you know who Jesse Smith is? No. Make a long story short, they basically heard about my dance experience and said, hey, listen, the theme of this conference is unity through diversity. Would you be willing to do a solo? We want to bring you up and have you perform for the whole room. The crazy thing about this is this hotel, the hotel that I had Fashion Rock at was the World Marriott Center in Orlando, Florida. The 
same hotel that the John Maxwell team conference is held at every six months. In August, 2018, I stood in front of a crowd that was in the same room. I was standing on the same stage that I got discovered in, in 2005, dancing for a crowd that I never thought in a million years my skill set would be valuable to. CEOs, speakers, trainers, coaches, 160 countries represented in that room. And here I am dancing on stage. And when I got done dancing on that stage, the room erupted. I got so emotional because I felt the exact same feeling I did back in 2005 where I felt like I was on top of the world. And it was in that moment that I realized that your skill set will make room for you wherever you will allow yourself to be seen. It might not look like the traditional route, but it's still a valuable asset for you to use. It was given to you to use for a reason. I kid you not, my social media after that conference exploded. I got more opportunities to connect with businesses and to make an impact and to get offers to speak at different high school events and college events all over the country. I got invited to to Luxembourg. I got invited to Romania. I mean, all these places at a business conference. If you'd asked me in 2006, well, do you see yourself dancing for business people? I would have not even been interested because I was only looking at one thing. But in 2018, I learned a very valuable lesson. There's a a scripture actually that I love in the Bible. It says, your gift will make room for you in front of kings. What that tells me is that whatever it is, whether you love to dance, whether you love to sing, that's been given to you for a reason. And that will make room for you if you're willing and open to see outside of the box. So 2005 to 2014, you're a professional performer. 2014, you get out. And for the next four years, you're floundering. You're successful, but you're floundering away from your passion. 2018 hits and reignites this grind that's been gnawing at you. And you start performing as the John Maxwell hype team leader. And you're performing on stages again. Fast forward two more years to 2020. What are you doing now? And what have those two years looked like? I've experienced, I've watched You can have a light bulb moment, right? It doesn't mean that you see the entire room. It doesn't mean that you see your entire path. So in 2018, I had an awakening. But yes, there is still still value in this performing and this dancing and this singing. There's a value of it. I got off the stage and I got home from that conference and said, okay, I'm doubling down. Now I know what this grind is. But the logic still talks to you. Your logic is designed to keep you safe. But it's also what keeps you small if you're not careful. This whole time I'm sitting here going, okay, yeah, I love to perform, but there's more money in sales. I also knew that I failed. I failed, quote unquote, right in 2006. I didn't really make it that big. I constituted that if I went into performance full time, I was going to be broke. I couldn't figure out where the balance was. Now I knew, okay, yeah, this is part of who I am. It's part of what I offer. But I was really still scared to get back into that industry full force because I didn't really think I was that good. But if I try to get back into this industry with people like Matt Stefanina, try to get in with Wildebeest, trying to get in with Lyle Baniga, Kinjas, all those guys, and really try to start calling myself a dancer, I will be a joke. That's what my mind kept telling me. You can't claim to be somebody that's an industry professional. You failed. 
I was always having this inner battle. I've learned that if you ignore the small grind, if you ignore the small gnawing that, that, that's deep inside your gut, that's deep inside your spirit, there's something in your heart that's telling you something's not right. If you ignore it, it just gets louder. It just starts to become more painful. I didn't believe I was good enough until finally I found myself battling depression again so bad that I couldn't get off my couch. I was watching my business implode because I didn't like what I was doing because I wasn't being me. I wasn't allowing myself to live out my design. I wasn't allowing myself to embrace my whole person. I was trying to leave parts out that weren't designed to be left out. They weren't given to me to be left out. They were given to me to be used. I really came to a point where I realized, listen, you need to stop fighting who you are and it's time you surrender. It's time you give in to who you were designed to be. I'll tell you what, I made a ton more money doing the sales and consulting than I ever did performing, but I have been more miserable chasing money than just allowing myself to live. So I came to this point in my life where I was like, listen, you're miserable. Your business is imploding because you're not driven to really do anything because you don't like what you're doing. Dude, you might as well start doing something you love to do. You might as well just surrender to what it is that you know that you're passionate about and just start asking better questions. Start asking yourself, how can I use what I have, where I'm at in my life right now to build something? How can I use it to impact other people? How can I use it to build something for myself that's going to provide for, for, for my children? And, and how can I make an impact doing it and absolutely love it with everything that I have? I had to start asking better questions. I had to start being willing to ask questions that allowed me to include the creative part of who I was so that I could live a life full of passion. So let's talk about March and April of 2020, where you've combined your skills and sales and leadership experience and your passion for providing an avenue for others that they might not have had before. And that's two separate things, right? Worldwide Dance Challenge and My Creative District. So let's talk about Worldwide Dance Challenge, how it started, and how you're providing an avenue for dancers that could have been helpful to you years ago. The whole COVID-19 thing happening the way that it did, I had a project with a client that I was supposed to go down in Vegas and have this big conference that was going to earn us a pretty significant amount of money. In three days, I had all my income just taken from me. I said, okay, what now? This was another moment that proving something that I've been teaching with sales for a long time. When you show up to serve, the money happens. But if you show up to sell, a lot of stuff can go wrong. When you show up to serve, People feel that intent. When you show up to sell, people feel that intent. I asked a question again, how can I serve using what I have now? And it's interesting because when you start being open to looking at more than what's in your box, there's going to be things that'll come to you, opportunities that'll come to you, resources that'll come to you that will lead you to the next thing. And what happened was somebody at the John Maxwell team reached out to me and said, Jesse, listen, we're all stuck in quarantine. We're bored. We need something to lift up our spirits. That's one of the things I love about you is that you always bring so much energy and lift up our spirits at the John Maxwell team through your dancing. I had kind of made the Trolls theme song, the unsung John Maxwell team theme song, 
I had my first solo in 2018. I danced to that song with this Trolls World Tour movie coming out. He sent me the song The Other Side from the World Tour Trolls movie. And he goes, you should do a piece to this, choreograph it and send it to everybody on the John Maxwell team so we can have some fun. I said, you know what? I got nothing else to do. I might as well be willing. Again, in order for you to be able to move to the next step, you have to be willing. Now, they didn't give me money, but I said, okay, yeah, let me just seize the opportunity. I go and I choreograph this piece. I send it to him. I send it to a couple of the other people at John Maxwell team. I said, hey, listen, I just want to give everybody this for free. They were super grateful, and they said, this is awesome. I posted on social media. Anybody that wants a tutorial to this piece, just let me know. I'll send it to you for free. I put a quick 55-second video of what the piece looked like full out. People then started reaching out to me and they said, you know what? This would be a lot of fun if you taught this live on a live dance class. The next idea for my next step. Here's here's the opportunity. So then I raised my hand and I said, okay, I'll do that. I'm curious who would be interested in learning an online live dance class from me. And in three days, I had 100 people that gave me their email address so that they could learn from me. And I charged them something like five bucks for the first class. Out of that, I then developed a new business model that I could actually start earning money. At that same time, I started getting really excited because I thought I could help other dancers do the same thing. I told you about this business model that I was going to build. This development of an online dance challenge came about because one of the other things that I realized was that every competition on the planet had been canceled from March until June is the big hot season for all the dancers to compete. And some of these dancers have spent thousands of dollars to paying for private lessons, paying for studio time so that they can learn these, these solos. And what a better way to serve the dance community than to provide an opportunity for dancers that are from all different styles of dance and simultaneously opening it up to the entire world. Because with the internet, there is no barrier to entry. And what I also knew is that some of these people don't even have access to competitions. They don't have the thousands of dollars to to learn pieces. They're actually in their rooms right now learning how to dance on their own. What if we could give them a platform, level the playing field so they don't have the geographical barrier and they don't have the economical barrier so everybody can participate. There's people that love watching dancing. These parents love to watch their kids dance. These parents love to watch dance, period. You know, we have shows like World of Dance, America's Got Talent, all these shows they can't even move forward with their recordings because of the quarantine stuff. So that's not even able able to serve an audience. So now an audience doesn't have anything to do. So what if we could bring the dancer and the audience together? And that's what we did. With the Worldwide Dance Challenge, we figured out a way to give dancers a chance to showcase their talent, prove that they're the best at what they do, and give an audience a chance to participate in that by giving them the chance to vote. Not only can they watch the dancer, but now they can vote to give their opinion on who they think actually brought it best. Everybody wins. By building a platform like this, we can literally give somebody their next big shot. I wanted to give somebody that's sitting in their room and having everybody validate their talent. And that's what we created in the Worldwide Dance Challenge. You've created this platform where anyone in the world has access, essentially as long as they have a laptop or a phone and internet. So what has been the response? What does it actually look like in the month or so that you've had this going? We've been doing this thing for a month. It's crazy to think that it's only been a month. It feels like it's been a lot longer just because of how much effort we've put into it. And it also feels like it's it's been a lot longer simply because 
of the progress we've made. We've literally had people from South Africa on the show. We have competitors that are waiting to perform from India, New Zealand. Now we're getting interest from the UK. We're getting interest from all over the world. So already in a month, we have people all over the world that are interested in competing on this platform. I'm getting people daily that are hitting me up and saying, man, dude, I love the show. This is so cool. They're like, it's so fun to, to realize that we have the capability to literally build whatever it is that we want to build. I keep getting messages from people that say, you know, this has inspired me to take a step out of my comfort zone or taking a step outside of the traditional thought process of how I could use my creativeness. And, and, and they're doing it in a different way to see all the different ways that people are getting involved and and seeing all how many people are getting behind these dancers and supporting them it's it's a blast so the support the platform the availability the accessibility are all really amazing facets of the worldwide dance challenge but what do you have in the pipeline for the dancers that are coming on the show what are you going to do to help them beyond the worldwide dance challenge i stepped out of the industry with a lot of industry, quote unquote, experience, I understood skill set. I understood what I needed to do to get to an audition. I understood the traditional routes, but I had zero understanding of how to build a business around it. I, I didn't have any understanding of how I could really make money with it outside of the traditional routes, go to auditions, get booked on tours. Looking back on it from 2014 to now has been my training grounds to understand the business aspect of things. And so what I have been able to do is just even having conversations with competitors that have been on the, the, the show and even people that haven't competed on the show yet. There are so many people that don't understand how to get outside the traditional lines of maybe teaching class at a studio, dancing for basketball teams. They understand that they can make money that way, but they don't understand how they can take their skill set, think outside of the box and really be able to serve an audience and make good money doing it. What I am now able to do is I'm able to help people, not just dancers, but creatives alone. You know, you got photographers, videographers, you got singers, you got dancers, actors, all, all these different creatives and teach them how to turn their passion into profit so that they can live a life that provides an income and them still to live out their passion. Better yet, to really get in line with their purpose so that they can wake up every single day, love what they do, and love their life. And if someone wants to work with you and turn their passion into profit, what is that project called? A community called My Creative District. It's designed to be a place for a community of creative individuals that know that they want to use their passion, their creative skill sets, be in line with their purpose so that they can really be passionate about what they do. And because they're going to be so passionate about it, because they're going to set themselves up to be in an area where they're all there, they're, they're in alignment with all their strength zones, the money comes. They're not having to live paycheck to paycheck, that they can actually thrive instead of struggle and still be able to use what they're so passionate about. And that's what's so fantastic about all of this. So tell us where the audience can find My Creative District, where we can find Worldwide Dance Challenge. You can check us out on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and also uh, we have a website, WorldwideDanceChallenge.com. On social media platforms, just look us up, Worldwide Dance Challenge. You also can find the on the business side of things, if you're a creative 
you want to learn how you can turn your passion into profit, you can find us at My Creative District on Facebook. Look me up, Jesse Paul Smith on Facebook, and you can interact with us there. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jesse. Tell us what the final words are for those creatives that are still looking for their big break. You are given a design. The design is your personality. The design is your skill sets. The design is your passions. Those were given to you on purpose for a purpose. There is a way to do it. Maybe look at things a little differently. It's going to require you to become a better version of yourself than who you are today. But all of that is possible. And trust me, it was given to you on purpose for a purpose. So you were designed to use it. Don't give up. I don't care where you are in your journey. I don't care how many times you failed. I don't care how many times you've tried. I don't care how old you are. If there is a passion inside of you, it was given to you for you to use it to make an impact. If you have this burning desire and you want to turn that desire into a platform that gives you the ability to make an impact, I want to help you. Make sure to hit me up. Make sure to look me up because I will do whatever I can to help you be able to turn that passion into alignment with your purpose so that you can live a fulfilled life. Thank you for listening to another episode of the My Creative District podcast with your host, Jesse Paul Smith. Here, we turn your passion into profit. Follow us on Facebook and stay tuned for another episode of the My Creative District podcast.